Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Now You Know podcast with your host, Pastor Mark Vega. Hey, God bless you. Welcome to part two of Breaking Affirmation Addiction. This is Pastor Mark Vega with another episode of Now You Know where every week we're bringing fresh material, we're debunking myths, and speaking of topics that are seldomly spoken of. And I want to give everyone an opportunity to get into the Word of God, grab a bite, get in your computer, your tablet, your phablet, your phone. Today, I'm going to use the word affirmation. You're going to hear that word often. I'm going to use the word affirmation. And, and again, the topic for today is breaking affirmation addiction, breaking affirmation addiction. I want to say it one more time, breaking affirmation addiction. That's the, that's the, that's the beauty of Mary. When Jesus visits Lazarus's house and Mary and Martha are serving him, Mary chooses to transition from serving. I don't know if she was making coffee. I don't know if she was washing dishes, mopping the floor, setting the table. But when Jesus came, she said, I need to get what no one can give me. And she sat at his feet. And she was just being, being at that very moment, being a sponge, being a student, being a Berean, being a disciple. She knew that being the summit of being eclipsed the summit of doing. And she said, Mary, I'll get the dishes when he leaves, but I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to give my soul satisfaction because it only comes from the words that comes out of this carpenter's mouth. There's a man named Gregory Jantz. He's an author of several books. He said, people who are addicted to affirmation have a fragile ego. Why is that? Because their sense of self-esteem is dependent upon whether or not someone likes them. So in order for them to feel okay about themselves, they need to know that they are liked. Wow. What genius, right? Facebook, Facebook driven by likes, comment likes, comment on what I did, comment on this video. Did you like it? Did you give it a heart? Right. And that is why Facebook and social media Instagram has exploded, has exploded because it fills that small corner of insecurity for so many, for so many. I was talking to someone I just met. They visited the church yesterday, and the first thing that they conjured up about a parent about 40s in their 40s, they say, yeah, my son is on TikTok, and he's got over 100,000 followers. People with approval addiction or affirmation addiction rely on others to soothe their insecurities and satisfy their emotional needs and struggle. With establishing self-confidence without others' external validation. Know that you're enough. Know that God said you're the apple of his eye. Know that you can do until your arms and legs fall off. You can fast 
until your stomach disappears. You can go to church and live in the church and move into the church and, and, and live a life of constant devotion. You can, you can turn your house, take the TVs out of your house, and you can play 24 hours of worship music. And at the end of 10 years, God doesn't love you more because his love does not fluctuate. The question I want you to ask yourself, am, am I an affirmation addict? Do I need a daily fix of affirmation? Do I, when I don't get it, do I suffer from, from validation withdrawal? Do I have side effects? Do I get sad? Do I, does it prompt me to post a selfie? Does it prompt me to post something so that I can get my fix? So uh, does it prompt me to get, to get something or post something on social media as an addict takes a rubber band and tightens it around his upper arm so that the vein can protrude before I inject it with another dose of feel good? Am I, am I seeking satisfaction, temporal fulfillment? And what others have to say. And can I tell you, as a minister of the gospel, I remember being in my 20s and people would come over our church and preach. And I, I remember hearing, hearing in Spanish, because I, I, I came up in a, in a Hispanic Pentecostal church, the, the preacher, the preacher when he was on his high, and he was he was preaching and he he he'd stop and say, Sigo, do I continue? And the church will say, Yeah. And it was a dose of feel good, and he would continue. I would hear, I would hear pastors as I went out to preach, and I as I started preaching in in in, in the nineties, I, I would hear pastors, pastors. Pastors seeking affirmation from the pulpit with a microphone. I didn't know what to label it. I didn't know what to call it, but I knew, I knew it was an infraction. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong when the pastor would say, Amen. And everybody would say, Amen. 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 And he will continue repeating amen until he got the response he felt was merited. The confusion was when I would read scripture and I would read about Jeremiah and the prophets that were beat up, that were buried in mud because they preached, that were stoned because they preached. I knew that the biblical models the biblical preaching models were those that preached in spite of. They did not preach demanding a, but in spite of. In spite of persecution, in spite of being attacked, in spite of being assaulted, they preached the gospel. In spite of people leaving and walking out on their message and attacking them, attacking their family, they preached the gospel. I'm afraid that if we continue going down this, this road, if we continue down this, this vein of affirmation, what's going to happen 
What will happen to preachers when there is no one left for them to preach to? What will happen? Can you preach, pastor? Can you preach when everyone stands up and walks out? Will you continue your message? No one has ever overdosed on validation, and people don't get the shakes if they fail to mainline their everyday jolt of affirmation. I mean, everyone enjoys positive feedback. I enjoy positive feedback, especially when it's coming from someone that I deem as 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 influential. Hey, you know, that was good. That was but I'm not asking, hey, how did I do? I would rather ask, where did I go wrong? What do I need to fix? What do I need to tweak? Because I want to be better at my craft. Did I make a mistake? I was sharing this with a church planter. I said, we need, we desperately need, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, we need mentors. We need feedback. We need coaches. We need someone looking over our marriage someone looking over our personal lives, someone looking over our theology, someone looking over our hermeneutics, someone looking over our leadership, someone looking over our finances. We need mentors. We need mentors. We were never, we were never supposed to do this thing alone. We were never supposed to do this thing alone. We were supposed to do it with, in unity, in community. And I'm just telling you, today, it is the polar opposite. Pastors say, well, I don't have a lot of friends. Well, that might be a character issue because you might not, you might not be, you might be alone because you don't trust anybody. Now, when you have an unhealthy need for affirmation, whether, 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 whether that affirmation, you need it in a specific area, I'm just going to tell you, you need to go to God's Word. Now listen, when you do something great, when you do something you wanted to do and people compliment you because, and you feel good in that, in, 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 in that compliment and that applause, and man, there's nothing wrong with that. You're human. Be human. But when you are, when you are desperate, when you are thirsty for someone to say something, to say something good, to affirm you, to say, hey, hey man, that message was powerful. You're looking for that affirmation. You're looking for someone to applaud you. You're looking for someone and you don't get it and it, and it throws you off kilter. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And I pray that today you would understand the power in this podcast. And let me just tell you, affirmation junkies often don't recognize their addictive behavior. And because of that, it turns into patterns. And those patterns, according, according, to, according to those that study the brain, the patterns, they burn grooves in the brain. Dr. Wilding says, and you got to understand the way to get better is realizing you have a problem. Do you have a hard time saying no when asked to do something? Especially when it's something that you really don't want to do. 
do you spend most of your time doing things for others but not for yourself? Do you spend hours? I want you to be honest. Come clean. Come clean. Come clean. Do you spend hours on Facebook anxiously, desperately thirsting, watching how many likes your latest post accumulates? Do you even check to see how many people like your post? Does that matter? You know what I do? Before I before I post something, I like it. I like it. I saw that. I light it up. I like it. I give it a red heart. I could care less who likes it. I don't count how many people. I don't have time for it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like your own posts and keep it moving. Do you spend hours on Facebook watching how many likes you got, how many, how many, how many likes your your latest post accumulated, or do you obsess over whether your 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 tweet, your clever tweet, was retweeted? Is that where you're spending time at? Are you investing time in things that don't matter? Because they don't matter. Doesn't matter. Here's what matters. What matters is that God is pleased by me. Now, let me tell you this. I have a great, a great son. His name is Christian. Great. He's a gentle giant. And and let me just tell you, in the recording of this podcast, he's six, four and a half. He was a 15 shoe. He's a gentle giant. He loves people. And I'm just going to tell you, I told him, Chris, I love you. Your, your mother loves you. Anything you do, Anything you do and everything that you do, and let me add on top of that, nothing that you will ever do will stop us from loving you. We love you. It's unconditional, Christian. We love you. Now, how pleased we are with you, you control that. That ball is in your court. And I'm just going to tell you, I love God, and I know God loves me. But just because he loves me doesn't mean he's pleased with me. I got to make sure that I am, I am doing the things that please him. And I'm going to, I'm ending this podcast with this. If you want to please someone, please God. If, 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 if you want to, if you want to please, if you're so, if you're so given to please, oh, you know, I just like pleasing people, please God. Because if you please God, you please everyone under God. And this is important because if you don't get this right, it's going to affect your personal relationship. It's going to affect your prayer life. It's going to affect your identity. It's going to affect your ability to become promoted, to be promoted. I remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Listen to what he's saying. Don't hold anything back. Give God everything. Give him your weaknesses. Wait a minute. I've been, I've been, I've been covertly covering up my weaknesses. I know that's the problem. The problem is we've signed up for this fictitious Disney life, lifetime movie type of life that is fictitious. It, it is not real. How many times you have to filter your picture before you post it? How many times you have to you have to almost choreograph? Poor husbands. Poor husbands. Poor husbands having to take 50 pictures of their wives and having to succumb the doldrums and the detriments of 
the selfie addiction. And and, and I'm just going to tell you, I, 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 I see husbands taking pictures of their wives because it's mostly the wife as opposed to the husband. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the man off the hook because we live in a time where guys posting just as many selfies as females are. But in this context, I'm just saying, how many edits, how many filters, how many times you have to caption it and recaption it and re because God forbid it's not approved by my cooing flock. God forbid it's not approved. God forbid it's not esteemed. It's not, it's not, it's not validated. You've already been validated. You don't need to validate anything and no one needs to validate you. God already validated you. When you, when your mother, when you broke water and you came out of your mother's womb, God was totally in love with you. I'm going to let you know. Don't struggle anymore with guilt and condemnation, feeling that you have to pay for the sins by feeling bad about yourself. Or that you have to pay, that you are the Redeemer. You're not the Redeemer. Jesus Christ redeemed us. You no longer need to feel like that. Understand that God has made you. God formed you. God loves you. God wants the absolute best for you. And he wants you to know that he, he has already approved of you. Now, so, so in my walk with God, what should be my goal? My goal is to please him. That's my goal. My goal is to please God. How? With my actions. Please God. With my obedience. I want to please God in everything that I do. I want to please God with my words. I want to please God with my thoughts. I want to please God with my actions. If you're single, I love 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 32, all you single folk. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. Don't be stressed. Don't stress over affirmation. I added that. An unmarried man, a single man, can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. He says, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible, Martha. Here's what he's saying. When you're single, God doesn't see you as lonely. When you're single, God sees you as all to himself. He says, I have you to myself. You can please me, devote yourself to doing the things that you know please me. He says, now, I would rather you stay single than married, but if you get married, then I'll have to share you with your spouse. Because then your obligation and your responsibility, whether you're male or female, is going to be to please your wife, please your husband. Well, guess what? I please God by, I please God by serving and honoring my spouse. 
But if you're single, he says, then don't get married because you belong wholeheartedly to me. You get up, you go, you can do, I can, I can put you on task, put you on assignment, and you don't have the, you don't have the meticularities that a married person has. You don't have the kids, you don't have the responsibilities, you're, no, you're all mine. Don't ever sign up for, for the delusion, the cosmos delusion that if I'm single, I'm lonely. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God says, if you're single, you belong to me. You're all mine. So I pray that today that God would break this desire, this lust, this lust for affirmation to be affirmed. As Paul said, if I were to be a pleaser and a firm of man, I would not be, I would not be a servant of Christ. I will not be a servant of Christ. Dr. Mark Rutland once said during the master's cohort, he said the American idol, the idol in America is friendship. He said, he said, we sacrifice truth at the expense of salvaging friendships. We don't hold friends accountable. We don't call them to the carpet. We don't hold them accountable for things they need to fix. We're not holding them accountable to their blind spots. Why? Because we live afraid. We operate on fear, in fear, in fear. And we're afraid that that might have some massive repercussions. He said, but for clergy, the American idol is not friendship. It's affirmation. Pastors and ministers lust after affirmation. They want to be affirmed by their deacon board. They want to be affirmed by their executive board. They want to be affirmed by their congregants, by their parishioners. They want to be affirmed. What happens in most boards when there is a person who is not in total agreement with the leader, whether it's the CFO, whoever the leader is, whatever position the leader holds, we see it as a diabolical attack. We see it as antagonism. And here's what we say. We, we secretly say, we will go in secret and say, well, let's pray that God cleans house. Cleans house means, here's, here's another definition for that. Cleans house means I don't want anyone I don't want anyone calling me to order. I don't want anyone holding me accountable. Because if when I'm here's one of the here's one of the, the worst vices of of being an affirmation addict. I misconstrue I misconstrue accountability for attacks. I misconstrue. I, when someone's holding me accountable and asking me tough questions and hard questions. I would deem that as an attack. My friend, I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. We're in the middle of doing what we believe God is calling this ministry to do. I want you to pray intensely for Pastor Mark and Pastor Lisa Vega. Pray for our family. Pray for our children. Pray for our Ignite School of Ministry, Ignite Life Center. Pray for our nonprofits. Pray for Refugio. Pray for those things that God has called us to do. We're seeing the glory of God like never before. And let me tell you, what God is doing is unimaginable. So I pray that in Jesus' name, this podcast has been a blessing today. I pray that that affirmation spirit would break 
that it would break, that you would divorce it, that you would leave it, that you would walk off and kick it out of your house, kick it out of your mind, that you would reculturize your home, that you would no longer, no longer feed, feed that monster of affirmation, but that today you would use the word of God and that you would, that you would cut the head off of that dragon that's been that's that's made you perform like a puppet for decades be who god said you were stand like god said you you ought to stand and speak the way god said you ought to speak father in jesus name i pray for those that are listening today that you would break the power of affirmation in their lives in their hearts in their minds lord that you would re rewire them that, Lord, regardless of their upbringing, regardless of what the incubator was for them to seek affirmation at all costs, that today, through divine intervention, divine appointment, that you would do right now, this second, that you would break the cycle of addiction, my God, and you would do in these 30 seconds what 30 years has not allowed, 30 years of church has not been able to do. Father, I declare healing. I declare health. I declare the longevity of life, of marriage, and of ministry over their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Again, this is Pastor Mark Vega. Until next week, remember, you are secure, you are affirmed, and you are significant. God bless you.